0: If you ask respectfully, like yeah. if you're the one, that, you know, listen. D-Rock emailed eight times. There's people who like inappropriately stand outside my office and yeah. do other things. That's not going to work if you're making the person uncomfortable. If you're not bringing them value, but if you respectfully ask, yeah. you're putting yourself in a position. This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Hey everybody! So uh, we we continue our series of interviews here at Can. Uh, thank you for everybody listening on the podcast. Anybody watching on video, it's been a, a good start. We're in day. I'm in day two uh, here, and we continue the process with uh, a gentleman that I admire quite a bit. As most of you know, I rarely have individuals on my show that I'm actually actively doing business with because I always think it's a, a tough spot for them. It's a tough spot for me for the audience, but. What, what I've noticed over the last year or two, when you go macro or or micro with it, at the end of the day, what I'm most passionate about is educating the audience, giving them insights, and sometimes there's a huge advantage of being up close and personal. And I've, I've seen this gentleman, uh, Push the envelope in the, in the short period of time We've been in the trenches We've known of each other for a long time We've worked with Pepsi Co With Mountain Dew With Pepsi in different ways We're now very involved at Pepsi Blue Can On the digital side And this gentleman is at the helm Todd, why don't you tell the Vayner Nation Who you are, what your title is And then uh,
1: we'll get into the show Yeah, sure uh, I'm Todd Kaplan I head up uh, the Pepsi brand in North America and, um, and, yeah, and I've been working at PepsiCo for a number of different years in a variety of different functions. As you know, we rotate around on the marketing yes. side and have done everything from Mountain Dew to Branded Entertainment to sports to, most recently, our water portfolio, yep. where I, uh, we created and launched two new brands, uh, Life Water and Bubbly. And then now on, on Which Pepsi. Which is massive. It's it's. That's, yeah, that's really that's works. exciting.
0: It's Tom, a lot of people who watch uh, and listen to my content are entrepreneurial but as my career has evolved into the marketing landscape I get way more DMs and emails and LinkedIn's about hey I may want to run a brand or you know I, I think you know this personally when I talk about buying orphan brands long term yeah. still working on Mug group Beer so we'll talk about that off we'll uh, we'll ca- camera. Uh, <laughs> You know, people are like, hey, I want to do that or I want to be involved. How did that happen for you? Like,
1: let's go all the way back. Where were you born? I'm from Southern California, originally. So I'm a a West Coast guy, grew up in SoCal. Town surfer kid, Beach. not a surfer kid, okay. but uh, definitely grew up in Scre- like a sh-
0: skateboard I was, sports. I skate.
1: I do sports. I played tennis. I do like a lot of just. Outdoors. You're not a Baltimore
0: Orioles fan. I'm definitely not like now. Nick okay. the yeah. Baltimore Orioles yeah. fan. Yeah. Okay, no. I'm, not, I'm
1: a I'm a I'm a huge Lakers fan. I'm an Angels. fan I know fan. that. You know, growing Are up, you I guess, compl- so, like I got the AD? Do got a moment of like? Were you just super proud? Super pumped for that. They did give up the farm, by the way, right. for him. But, uh, yeah, I think they're a couple free agents away from a couple other pieces they need to make. Kuzma them, is what you're kind of like. Like they, they kept Kuz, they got AD, they got Braun, and I think they need, you know, someone on the point, they'll do, they'll do something. You think Jimmy Butler's coming? I th- I've heard Butler, I've heard Kemba, I've, I've heard a variety of things. You know, I don't know where. But you're excited. I'm, I'm excited, at yeah. least. That's just, your squad. That's, that's my how, squad. How old are you? show I'm 40.
0: Right, so Magic Growing up, Magic, Kareem yeah,
1: yeah. And then you know, Shaq, Kobe That's the, the yeah. whole deal like, that's in my So that like basketball's like, number one for you? As far as viewing, yeah And then? Yeah, basketball And then I'd say um, Do you have any I second love, favorite team? It's the Angels baseball. And so I grew up about Like 15 minutes from Anaheim Stadium And so, you know Growing up again mm-hmm. Angels, that was a bit of A, a tougher fan to be fun. Yeah, so well you, Tim you, Salmon you, was
0: fun Tim Salmon, yeah You can empathize <laughs> as a Jets fan I having, can empathize you know, you, I can
1: empathize with anything <laughs> Being a Jets
0: and Knicks fan I Well, yeah You got all of them I mean you you literally couldn't write a script of Clay and Durant getting hurt leading into this. I whole mean season. that
1: whole it's gonna be crazy. What happened. Oh, crazy. I feel bad for A the Warriors, B I mean, K D, this was I mean the the Knicks fans, everyone it Everybody. just that just blows up everything. It's
0: so crazy. you grew up in SoCal, yeah. you're into those sports things.
1: What yes. else are you kind of about? Yeah, so um I'm a big Were you a good uh, student, were you entrepreneurial, were you neither? Yeah, so entrepreneurial, it's funny you talk about that like yeah. I actually and you probably don't even know any of this stuff too. No. I uh I have a very entrepreneurial knack as well. Like that's actually one of the reasons why I think as I look at now my I, see your, I see I see your
0: I see your creativity. Yeah. Like in the like out of all the people we work with like there's a level of creativity that
1: is obvious to me which a lot of times I do associate with entrepreneurship. So yeah. it doesn't stun me. Go ahead. But it's but it's not just creativity. <clears> it's, it's connecting it to just getting shit done, moving quick, yep. making it happen and so um, entrepreneurially, So I grew up in Southern California. Um you know, good grades, you know, top of class, all that kind of stuff, but went to Northwestern for undergrad, which was an interesting case, you know, going from, you know, 80 degrees on the beach all the way to, like, you know, sub-zero temperatures on Lake Michigan and Chicago. How did like that a, end up happening? It. Uh, I wanted to go to a big school, yep. uh, but not too big. It was, like, D1. It was, like, Big Ten, rah-rah, but still a very good school. Yep. Um, uh, that was around the time they'd been in, like, the Rose Bowl, Gary Barnett, all that kind yes. of stuff, right? And so I'm like, you know... Uh, like, yeah, they made the Rose Bowl. <laughs> uh, come check that out. But it was uh, and it was great. And it's a great school. And so listen, And it was great, great, great just school. to kind of... I wanted to also just go away for college and just yeah. kind of get out from yeah. all of my friends. staying in California. And yeah. so I went to Northwestern, and it was interesting is uh, I've always had this pet passion. You know, one of the reasons I'm in marketing is I'm just really interested in the consumer psyche, kind of intellectually, and then also just on how people connect. And I've always just been interested in creative, as you said, kind of wired a little bit differently. And so looking at that, I got really into marketing. I've also been really into sports. And so that's where I'll get into my background in sports marketing. But when I was in college, the ironic thing is that Northwestern is the school that is esteemed from an MBA standpoint for marketing and Kellogg and all this kind of stuff. But as an undergrad, you know, the closest I could get was like, I was an econ major. Right, mm-hmm. which I didn't care much about economics, but it was one of these things that... Uh, wasn't. And so I wanted to really get more experience in that space, and so I said, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start a business. I see a couple needs. So I actually started a business when I was in college as an undergrad in Northwestern. Love. It was called Ad Shop, and basically it was connecting the dots between... Um, there was this need on campus, If and this is now going to totally date me, but if you go back to one of these college campuses around the time when I was in college you'd have papers plastered all over the frickin' student union for shows here, this, there, taped to the ground, you know, it's a yeah, silo. Yeah. It's just very, the marketing for student groups sucked, yeah. basically. At the same time, you have people who are interested in marketing and getting into advertising marketing, and people want to say, well, what's your portfolio? What have you worked on? Yep. Connecting those two dots together, saying, huh, there's probably some people here who want to, like, get their feet wet. There's also a need to kind of be more effective and targeted. So we started this thing as kind of the first... Advertising agency for student groups on campus, and the thing just blew up It started growing. Uh, by the end, you know, by the time I graduated, I had a number of people in this organization. we were written up by the Chicago Sun Times. We had clients in local events. It became a thing, and so that and did that. Did you started, pass it on to somebody? So we passed it on, and it, yeah. it became a thing. And then, um, and then separately, you know, and saying like, I'm kind of getting interested in this idea of just you know leading and on, being a more yeah, of an yeah. entrepreneur. So my senior year, I did kind of a more of a for profit. Yep. You know, kind of one that was this thing called the Campus Pipeline was about kind of targeting college students with advertising with local businesses, things like that. So, definitely. You um, ideated on top of the original idea. Yeah, and yes. just to kind of take as yeah. a kind of a spin-off yeah. sort of thing. And so, um, but it also gave me a lot of experience and just kind of, you know, leading big teams. I've always been kind of very involved, even, again, in, in high school, leading big groups, all that kind of stuff. And so, as you think of some of those things formatively, and then also just as I think of the type of then experiences that led to my career, you know when I was a junior I interned at the U.S. Olympic Committee you know as sports marketing was kind of my passion and so I was very very at that driven. point of your life
0: what did you think you were going to do you were going to run marketing for the Lakers like how did you I didn't, it, was, it
1: was more a matter of yeah like I knew sports was something I was passionate about marketing I really started to really hone and mm-hmm. all that and I'm like and then this was again like the, not to date me, but like yeah. the internet, the the way that the the job sites, all this, stuff, like it wasn't as as easily accessible. Don't worry, I'm older than you, so, I know. I so it's right. fair enough. Fair enough. They still <laughs> yeah. like me, so don't uh, worry. all right. Okay, okay, okay. So, but, but so literally, and it's funny. If you were asked my college roommate, he would like always tease me about this. But like my senior year, I sent out about 300 like resumes. The article that was on circular. I sent out to every sports team, agency, mm-hmm. this kind of, th- sponsor, mm-hmm. just saying, like, cast a net, see what's up, uh, proactively, what's Why net? Why net? And then I got an the unbelievable the ball, response. Orioles, <laughs> no. <laughs> not the Baltimore Orioles? Not the Baltimore Orioles. Sorry, Nick. Um, but the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Um, um, but no, but I got, I mean, I got a ton of, you know, interest and offers, and as we were kind of going through it, and it was just a really good experience, and so I ended up well, do, you some, also, do you remember some of
0: the offers? From there her? was
1: a variety. Of, you know, we were talking to, you know, it was everything from IMG all the way to the, you know, every sports team. And it, a lot of the coming out of college, it's like also where do you want to move? Where do you want to live? Yeah. Going back to my SoCal story, mm-hmm. like I was freezing my ass off in <laughs> Chicago. And so <laughs> You're I'm like, like done with this experience I have to get back to California. Yeah. yeah. And so one of the really interesting ones that came up was a sports marketing agency that was in, in the Bay Area where it was called Millsport at the time, and Visa International was mm-hmm, their, uh, mm-hmm. their client. And mm-hmm. so it was basically to lead Visa's Olympic Games and all their global sponsorships. So I moved back to California after undergrad, lived in the Bay Area, uh, which when was you, awesome. Um, what year is this? This is 2000, class of 2000. Yeah, so, so right before uh, 2000. Yeah, so right as right right the, the, the dot com. Uh-huh. And right before, uh-huh.
0: So you thought you were going to the paved streets of gold. A little bit, yeah. Right, so right? A little I mean, bit it was crazy A little bit. It was, it was a little and crazy. And then what, was it April 2000 when it melted or was it April 2001? I always try to remember. Do you remember you graduated in that class of 2000? Yeah, Had a the dot-com bubble already it, just not, bursted or it just was it another It was just
1: after because I had, yeah, had gotten a lot I thought. of, there was, you I thought, know. April 2000. There was a lot of people who were coming, you know, a lot of these dot-coms, a lot of these people were reaching out at the time, similarly, right. like looking sports, for top Sports, sports.com worth $40 trillion. Yeah, this, that, that was, what was it? The the pets.com soccer. The Super Bowl, right? All yes. that kind of stuff. And so, um, so literally... Right, so,
0: so as you're kind of on your way to graduation, the world is unbelievably frothy. Oh, I'm like... All, it's like right now. Well,
1: it's like, yeah, I'm thinking like, dude, easy, it, we're yeah. gonna go get
0: this thing. And also, it was April less than. 2000com bubble bursts. Yeah. You're going to the Bo- Bay, So you go to the Bay Area right as everyone's like frowning.
1: Right as it's kind of like, yeah, what's going on out here? And uh-huh. then... Um, and, uh, yeah, so I started with, with Visa uh, working for MillSport, but I worked in-house uh, in Visa's headquarters down in Foster got City. Got it. Got so, it. Makes sense. And it was really cool getting exposure. So doing everything from working on, you know, worked on the Sydney Salt Lake Olympics and the Athens Olympics were the main ones kind of, you know. Getting ready. That we did and, mm-hmm. and did everything from managing a huge on-site thing in Athens with all the... Uh, Former Olympians called the Visa Olympian Reunion Center, all the way to just you know the comms and everything in between, and just it was a really great experience because also for that stage of my career, being straight out of college, um, the team there was very senior level um, and getting exposure also at a global business because it was a global sponsor. She so also worked on like Rugby World Cup and Huge. things that were going on in Australia yeah. and New Zealand, all this It was really a great learning ground to just be a cliche American, be like, What the hell's rugby? Initially, yeah, and then yeah, I had to like, learn what a try is yeah, and how yeah. all the... So, you, know, yeah. you know, the all-blacks, the yeah. haka, and uh, all that. Yeah. I, learned, I learned all that shit, uh-huh. man. So it, uh, and it was a really cool experience just kind of getting exposure to yep. that. And so I um, did that for a number of years out in the Bay Area, and then straight after the Athens 2004 Olympics, um, came out east to business school, which is where I went to Yale. Uh, and in between my first and second year is where I discovered Pepsi, actually. Indra Nui, our, our former CEO, uh, was speaking on campus and I was like kind of the, again, the, the dorky guy went up to her afterwards yeah. and said, hey, do you guys recruit? And I didn't think let, they did. was let, like, maybe we let, should. Let's
0: know. talk about the dorky guy. You've <laughs> now I'm done dorky it. Guy. I know that. Yeah. That's why I'm <laughs> jumping in on it. You said it. Uh,
1: that's, you know,
0: true, that's Uh, uh, uh <laughs> I view it a little bit different based on the stories and something I think a lot about. I said it yesterday, like somewhere. I don't remember. If you don't ask, you don't get. Mm-hmm. You know, you send out these 300 things. You go up to Indra, like, I'm also, I'm also, yeah, I'm also a person who can want, like, who lives in a world where I can see in people's eyes, they want to come up and do something and they don't. And because others do, I can't get to that person. And then D-Rock's like, we're going to miss our flight and we run away. And, and I think about those moments a lot. I'm like, wow, that person really wanted to ask something. They might have, you know, 99% of the time, they're not necessarily saying something I, I need or am interested in or, you know, but, the amount, I mean, D-Rock emailed me, how many times did you, D-Rock saw me speak at Columbia, yeah. right, uh, thought it was interesting, and emailed me times, eight, times. eight times before I answered, really, really, really right, and now is, you know, in the south of France. Yeah, and so, right. and and here I, we are. you know, and so, you know. <laughs> that,
1: no, but you're right, that, there's something.
0: Yeah, no, listen, I, I, a lot of times when I'm doing this, like, obviously I love having you on a show, but I'm desperately worried about everybody listening right now, well, and like, it's a second example, and I just, feel like people need to, you need to act. Like, if you ask respectfully, like yeah. if you're the one, that, you know, listen, D Rock emailed eight times, there's people who, like, inappropriately stand outside my office and yeah. do other things. That's not gonna work if you're making the person uncomfortable, if you're not bringing them value. But if you respectfully ask, yeah. you're putting yourself in a position. So, Indra at Yale, yeah. you, you hear that, and, and, you were impressed by her or, or Pepsi was so iconic or well, I didn't, a of mix the re- of the both? Yeah, or,
1: one of the reasons I went back to business school, frankly, was when I was in sports marketing, I knew that um, there would be probably a cap to kind of where I could go, what I could do. You got a taste giving, of the
0: landscape I of the corporate taste, world, corporate and you world. said, if I don't get an MBA, I'm not gonna
1: be able to. Yeah, and it, was, and it was less that, you know, in an MBA, you know, the advice I give whenever anybody asks me about, hey, should I go back and get my MBA, should I do it? I always say, listen, if you go to law school, you're a lawyer. If you go to med school, you're a doctor. If you go to MBA, you're a dude with an MBA. Okay? <laughs> and so at the end of the day, when you think about uh, business school, it's not about having the MBA that actually does anything for you. It's what you do with it. It's how you broaden your horizons. It's the networking. It's all the kind of stuff that comes with it. And so that, to me... Going back to get it, back to my story, was about broadening my horizon beyond kind of this world of sports yep. and learning more about you know the financial stuff and market and all all Plus a place elements, like Yale, you're going to into all sorts
0: of people, speakers, and that's yep. where. And
1: so, again, when I was there, it was less even about I'd go to class, I'd do all this stuff, but I was there for the whole experience. And so, when you talk about going to a place like Yale, where I was fortunate enough to go, and the speakers, the people, it was out of control. And so, going to all these things and. I would make the most of just, to your point, of just go to all, attend all these speakers, go to all these things. I'd go, I led a trip to Japan with a, a group of my friends there That's where awesome. the, the people helped. We connected with the head of Nissan and all this stuff. Yeah. I mean, like, it's just- it, The Axe, it just, the brand, It was, one the axe, of, it was a yeah. very, it was a very And plus, you know, I believe cool basketball is always a fun competitive <laughs> right. kind of like league as well. Right, so. right, so, so that was really cool there. And ended up, uh, ended up interning for Pepsi in between my first and second years. And the irony was I had wanted to um, get, go to Pepsi, or a big CPG, to kind of get beyond sports marketing yeah. and just broaden my horizon. Yeah. And guess where they placed me for my internship? Sports. And sports, and sports group. So we worked for a guy named uh, John Galloway, who is, uh, was an iconic guy yeah. at the time, and was kind of one of my mentors who brought me into Pepsi, and we you know, got along like you know, two peas in a pod and just made the most, and so I came back full time. And um, You know what's funny about that story just for everybody? A lot of the things that I tell, are, my brother AJ and I
0: have a sports agency and a lot of the things I tell kids before the draft is you know, they're like, I want to go second round, I want to go third round. I'm like, yeah. bro, I'd rather you go fifth round than second round and, and have totally. the person ahead of you in the depth chart be the kind of veteran who actually wants you to succeed yeah. than you going second round and having a guy in the depth chart who is worried about you. And is undermining you, and yeah. is teaching you nothing, or you have bad coaching. Like you know, it's unbelievable how much that matters.
1: Yeah, no, and it, that's what you had in this internship. It totally is. I had a, I had a great kind of mentor that uh, you know definitely looked out for me. And I also, I will tell you, the intern program at Pepsi it's, it's kind of they they do this thing every year called the Intern Bash, which it, it was like kind of you know they make the interns that, you know have a lot of fun and do silly things. And I'm still convinced back to your I have taken the initiative. You know, and I, I'm someone who likes to put myself out there. So when I was the intern. This year they had a uh, we had to do a 1980s fashion show for the entire <laughs> for the entire company out outside and purchase right and so everybody you know someone's dressing up like Madonna someone's yeah. dressing up like you know Miami Vice I decided it's a good idea to do Tom Cruise and risky business basically Heidi wow. Whitey's white shirt you candlestick went there. you went there and did the, I, I went there and quite literally I still get asked by people about I'm convinced that's the only reason I got hired <laughs> I believe that I believe that um, um, literally the it, way, but the that's the kind of thing It just put yourself out there it's like you know God, what I'm, by having, the way, I'm having a great time literally
0: somebody that worked at Vayner for 10 years who's now my partner in Empathy Wines yeah. Nate single handedly got his job because he's super duper duper tried hard during volleyball <laughs> as an intern in Vermont when we did a company off site yeah, the way he tried to win is why I, like, advanced his career. Yeah, I believe in that shit. That's exactly right. That's but it, it has so to be authentic to you, right? It like, has to be. Like yeah, you're yeah. that kind of character. Yeah, I'm like a, I'm like, a The yeah, totally. I'm saying that's right, but that's what I'm saying, like, to everybody who's listening right now. If you're like, oh, okay. Like I'm an internship right now. I'm gonna break out this year, No, no and you're no, no, super no, 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 no. introverted. Don't do that. It's gonna come across <laughs> super awkward. It, it, authenticity well, that, is like the core of all this stuff. And to,
1: and to that point, you know, I, you know, to the point, and we can get to kind of core skills and all that stuff. But I, I do a uh, a course at PepsiCo on on storytelling. I'm a big proponent of yes. storytelling yep. and how to tell a good logical story and all this stuff. But uh, that's one of the big misnomers. Is everybody feels that you know to tell an effective story, to present at a big conference, yeah. to do anything, you got to be somebody who you're uh, not the key is be yourself just be 100% authentic to you and just own it you know don't try to be what you're not and just figure out how to lean into you know what to make this point
0: I'm sure for you and I where we share a lot of this you know charisma over the top like there's a lot of times where we knowingly know some of our energy is detrimental given the context and you try to tone it down but even that is not going to necessarily be who you are either Totally. I mean, there's places where on stage, it's great that I'm like cursing, whatever. But but on you know in small meetings, sometimes like that, it's just like that's not gonna play. Yeah. But I'm still gonna do it because that's just like most comfortable. Let's you let's segue. Yeah. I'm so. fascinated by challenger brand being a number. You know, you are not you know some of the stuff that you're getting heralded for in the last couple hours here announced some of the cola stuff like this. The Pepsi Challenge is one of the most iconic things of all time. Like, nobody listening right now is confused that Coke, Pepsi mm-hmm. uh, is like some of the most interesting banter in business. Yeah. Uh, there's not that many places where you have such a dominant one and two that it's almost fun to watch Ali and Frazier fight. Yeah. But you happen to find yourself in that world. How is that? How do you think about that? Yeah. How, have you, when you're talking to predecessors that have run the business, have you leaned more into "I'm going to punch you in the face"? Have others been more passive? Have you been more aggressive, or vice versa? When you, when you kind of got signed up for the gig, mm-hmm. moving, like, what was your initial thoughts versus yeah. the reality? I'd love to get a state of the union of all yeah, the stuff. Yeah, no, totally.
1: Because it's, it's interesting coming into this role on Pepsi. Um, from my previous role, which was, again, also very entrepreneurial, starting new brands on water and yes. things of that sort. Coming from that environment into the mothership, Yes, right? This is the name all on the eyes. door. All eyes, lots of, lots of feedback, lots yeah. of stakeholders. When you're of innovating holders. on water,
0: people are curious but not watching every sneeze and crossing Correct. every T. You go to Blue Can, and I'm painting the picture for everybody listening. Yeah. They're, uh, by the way, for everybody listening, as an innovator on Vayner's side, I always tend to like to work on things that are a little more under the radar because it could be far more creative. We tend to push the envelope in general Mm -hmm. as a business model. You get on something like this, Everybody's got an opinion. Everybody's watching, that's right. and a lot of marketing is subjective bef- before the reality kicks in of the results of the business. So you deal with a lot of chatter. It's almost like it's almost like being an NBA player. and having Stephen A.
1: and Chris Bassard and totally. everybody
0: else watching and listening and commenting. It's a two oh, cents means. machine.
1: It is no, totally, and that's and that's so one of the biggest things is you got to work out in public a lot more than kind mm-hmm. of you know you can kind of yes just you know do do your thing on these other brands a little bit more. But I'd say. Um, from a business challenge, you know, it's a completely different thing. On one end, you're coming into this um, iconic brand that has, you know, got this great heritage and pop culture music from Britney Spears to the Super Bowl to Michael Uncle Jackson, Drew. all that stuff. All, all that stuff, right? And it's, it's got such a great heritage. Um, at the same time, uh, the current landscape around the consumer world has changed and, and the consumption of the category has evolved and all of that stuff, and I'd say... Um, you know, the problem to solve as I quickly assessed it was it's not Pepsi doesn't have an awareness issue, it doesn't have yeah. a trial issue, it has you know, relevance, is what we really needed to focus on. And really, that's where I really hunkered in really quickly of saying, you know, the main thing we got to get is this brand needs to be culturally relevant at the end of the day. This brand's been at its best when it's those kind of things that we talked about, but. Is what that, that the, is I today. apologize? Is
0: that the kind of stuff that? And I thought this was a very smart strategy. I and we didn't work on this for context because we do digital stuff. This is more of the TV stuff. But everybody who listens knows how much I'm obsessed with Super Bowl. Yeah. Is, is that the kind of stuff that leads to having cardi in yes, the Super Bowl yes. spot? Yes. So
1: let me. So I'll give some context on that. And so one of the things I wanted to really address is this idea of a challenger mindset. Yes. And challenger. I think one of the things that one of the misnomers is people think challenger just means oh, well, you're number two, or oh, you're <laughs> whatever. Like That's challenged, that's not challenger, right? Um, the idea of being a challenger is a mindset and a mental approach to kind of disrupt, think of things a little bit differently in an industry, take him flipping on his head and be a little bit more unapologetic and more, more confident in kind of your approach and how you do this, and so- Excuse one me for the, one second to add a little color
0: commentary. All fine and dandy for a lot of us listening when your business is tiny and you're an entrepreneur and you don't have a board and you know you can get there having a challenger mindset when you have a brand the size of Pepsi which is probably bigger than 99% of the other consumer brands in the world a little bit more tricky
1: yeah no definitely (laughs) a little bit more tricky and so um, one of the first kind of things as being a challenger brand is you really got to acknowledge your place in the world and have a kind of a healthy self-awareness for your brand and you know I you know just even culturally and we can talk about you know culture and all that which I'm a culture junkie as well but um, I don't like things that feel like advertising right that's like very you know this idea of brands coming out with brand messages i'm speaking to you as a brand whatever without any cultural acknowledgement of my place in the world things i care about whatever that is and so starting from the standpoint of pepsi has had this um one of our most frequent consumer interactions that we're most famous for is probably not our most proudest moment and it's the situation when you go into a restaurant that pour pepsis somebody orders a coke and Quite literally, the server apologizes for serving is Pepsi. Is Pepsi okay? Is Pepsi okay? How freaking horrible is that? That is what, I mean... That is, and great insight. And every single one of us has gone through that experience yep. multiple times where you've been there, you've ordered one thing, someone, a friend has ordered it, all that kind of stuff, and so it's like, okay. And and if you look online, there's, I mean, meme cultures have a heyday. Yes, yes. People say, is Pepsi okay? Is Monopoly money okay? You know, and there's all these, you know, memes yeah. with Kevin Hart and all the kind of... And so... Saying, what if what if we took that insight, because it is super relatable. Who hasn't been in a situation where they can connect the dots to that? Own it and say, yeah, that's how people see us, but then let's have some fun with it. It's Pepsi, yeah, and it's more than okay, and have fun with it. But then do it in a Pepsi way, which, again, bring in the pop culture yes. nature. So we get mm-hmm. Cardi B, Yep. Okay, right? Yep. You get Lil John, okay, right? And then Steve Carell, and you have this wonderful kind of dynamic where we're just like now we're now we're getting somewhere there's a fun little way and you can get the super bowl in this which we should also talk about i'm a huge believer in the super bowl as a is a great platform to go bigger and broader and and all that stuff and so that's that was kind of the genesis of that whole concept that um we really think um you know it 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 really helped kind of reframe the discussion for pepsi around this challenger mindset and put us on the map Combined with that, then this past year, the Super Bowl, you know, where it took place in Atlanta, which was like a gift from the gods, of given course. Our competitor yes. is Atlanta, and it's not just because, like, oh, company to company, we're going to have a little yep. corporate thing. Culturally, in Atlanta, Coke like runs in the veins of people; like it is like a emotional it tears out of the faucet. It is literally a deep rooted thing, and so saying, okay, we normally go into a market, and I didn't say it like the okay. I was just saying okay, <laughs> yeah, but, uh- <laughs> but okay. We're gonna go into a Super Bowl market. Typically, you know, we're the, we're the sponsor of the NFL. We go into Super Bowl. We beat our chests, say, "Official sponsor of the Super Bowl." Oh, uh you know? I'm like, we can't just like run the same play. We got to have a little little fun with this. And so to say, okay, if there's Pepsi signs all over Atlanta, these Atlanta folks are gonna be like, "What the hell mm-hmm. is going on?" And so what we ended up doing is leaning into that cultural insight and saying, we we bought out a home over the entire city, and so we had billboards that said. Pepsi in Atlanta, how refreshing. Hey, Atlanta, thanks for hosting. We'll bring the drinks. Mm -hmm. You know, and had a lot of fun with these very Pepsi-centric forward things that quite literally just putting up the out-of-home alone generated... Hundreds of millions of earned media impressions. People writing stories. People were tweeting like, what the hell? I feel like I'm getting invaded right now, you know. And at the time, you know, even who was about to be in the Super Bowl, all the people in Atlanta, they thought the Saints were coming in. They thought, (laughs) oh, like, what the hell is going on here? Um, Pepsi in Atlanta. And they got a lot of interesting buzz. And so seeing all that a couple weeks uh, before the Super Bowl and all the traction that was getting, we're like, all right, well, we want to make sure people know we're not being mean-spirited. We all did it on the up and up, whatever. And so we're like, we got to... Let everybody know that hey we're we're grateful for you um, to host the Super Bowl. And so we came up with this concept called the Cola truce. And it was a it's a pretty fun also kind of instigative challenger thing we ended up doing where essentially for anyone who's been to Atlanta, the world of Coke is this iconic kind of yep. you know landmark they have. It's a museum of all the yep. things and they host big events and whatever. And right out in front of the world of Coke is a statue of their fan, their founder, John Pemberton. And he's holding out a glass of Coke, greeting you as you walk in, you know, sharing a Coke with the world and, and all that great stuff. And so, quite literally, we said, what if we uh, created a statue of our founder, Caleb Bradham, and we got them to, you know, have a nice little cheers moment and uh, and celebrating Declare a Cola truce? Uh, wouldn't that be a cool thing? And so what we ended up doing is we... We built this statue um, in record time, by the way, because this was just a couple weeks out of the Super Bowl, and yep. it was just a mad dash to even get this thing done. And uh, and we said, but rather than just do it, we're going to engage them. We've never even social back to social media. We've never engaged Real Coke on mm-hmm. social media. Mm-hmm. Tweeted. Out. I know, like that's commonplace for brands. Yeah, Wendy's, looking yep. at these brands. Um, so we said, hey Coke, um, you know, we'd love to. We-, we tweeted a picture. We think we should get together. You know, whatever. And Coke Coke had just launched this campaign called Together is Beautiful. (laughs) It's all about unity, togetherness. And I'm like, this is perfect. It's
0: like a movie. Meanwhile, in Atlanta headquarters, we're
1: going to do Together
0: is Beautiful. Together is
1: Beautiful, peace on earth. We're all coming together. I'm like, perfect. We believe Together is Beautiful, too. Why don't we come Mm -hmm. hang out? And we show them this picture of the glasses. Mm. Coke tweets us back and says, of course, welcome to Atlanta, Together is Beautiful. Then we treat them back with a picture of the full statue in the back of a Pepsi truck saying, like, cool, we're on our way. We don't hear anything back from <laughs> yeah. them. And then what we ended up doing is we go there to the world of Coke. We documented this whole yep. thing. Um, and we walked in, and, uh, and quite literally we said, hey, Coke just invited us over here. We allow, you know, Can we get this yeah. cola? We're trying to declare a cola truce. Um, and they absolutely kicked us off. They're like, you can't be here. We were told, instructed not to let you on the property, blah, 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 blah. we am like, okay, okay. And we, we anticipated some yep. of this. And so earlier that morning, we had snuck in and actually gotten <laughs> the picture ourselves. And so, you know, for the, the 10 minutes, we could get in there and get the photos or whatever. And so what we ended up doing is we tweeted the photo anyhow and said, hey, we stopped by, looked like you guys weren't that into it, doesn't feel very together as beautiful, <laughs> uh, but it's okay, we stopped by earlier this morning, and then we actually flipped it and said, hey, you know what, we want to declare a Cola Truce for the day. Um, anybody who tweets the hashtag Cola Truce and a picture of them cheersing a Coke and a Pepsi online, we're going to donate a meal to the city of Atlanta to people in need. To all Again, this is all yep. about being gracious yep. to our hosts and saying, hey Atlanta, we get you, we want to do yep. some good for you. And so really, um, the thing instantly trending, took yep. off like a wildfire, got a ton of buzz, earned media, social, and, uh, and was really, really fun and exciting. And people were tweeting pictures of them, cheersing, people making dance routines up, you know, it, was, it just became a whole thing. And so all that together with the Pepsi OK, with the Atom, just was a really fun, just kind of re-energized a lot of the brand, you know, just out of yep. one of our biggest moments, the Super Bowl, so... As a human, where,
0: what apps, what cult, like nep, talk to me about Netflix, social media, this is Todd the man, forget about the executive, yeah. Netflix, social media, like what, what are your consumptions right now, knowing that you love culture, yeah. obviously we're wrapping up here and so we, we'll, we'll have to do a part two at some point about like culture hacking and what's yeah, happening. Yeah, I want to get in on
1: that for sure. But
0: for you as a man, like what Instagram, Snap, you know, what Netflix shows do you watch, if any?
1: Yeah Netflix is it's funny. We um I I haven't gotten as into kind yep. of like the full on binging cuz right now when cool, I get home,
0: Amazon Prime anything or are you just like when you get home you watch sports? I I typically
1: watch a lot of live sports yeah, and I get a it. lot of ESPN I'm that the kind same, of by stuff. The way, i have no big um, show either. I definitely will will dig around on Netflix but I'm not ai haven't been as addicted to Are you a documentary a guy? I can get into some of that stand stuff up. now and again. Stand up, I definitely like a good stand up every now and again. Um, movies, I watch a lot of movies. Um, what I about love, social wise? <clears throat> Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Social wise, you know, I think I think Twitter, I think Facebook, Instagram, all, all the kind of the standard kind of things I'm 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 interested in. I'd say, but I'm not as um, active, you know, for yep. me. Uh, and it's interesting, like I'm I'm not as much of a live in public kind of persona, yeah. uh, you know, just uh, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But I definitely. It's funny. I consume a lot of them, yep. uh, but I'm not necessarily out there, you know, so I consume a lot of Instagram, but I actually don't you, you, post. You know really. what's funny?
0: I don't know if you know this, you know, I don't share any of my family stuff at yeah. all. Yeah.
1: And, and, <clears throat> and and
0: both of my main careers, both wine and now marketing social media, yeah. I'm com- I know this because I know myself obviously. I I I never drank beer or alcohol in college or high school. And had I not had a family wine business, I don't know if I ever would have drank alcohol in my life. I mean, if you go through high school and college not drinking it, it's not in your culture. Um, you know, and obviously I was born in the Soviet Union everybody was dying from yep. vodka. So my mom, like, really <laughs> demonized alcohol. And then social, like, I'm pr- I, I get it. I, I'm pretty convinced that I would n- currently would be, a, if I was in, doing something else in my life, would not be, I would consume yeah. But I would not post, which probably sounds yeah, funny, of, but if you look at the content I put out, it's my business life. It has <clears throat> nothing to do with my life. I also life.
1: just think it's such a fascinating, even just going back to studying the human psyche and why yeah. I have like, you know, we have friends and people we know. And yeah. they post everything they're eating, everything, whatever. Uh, my kid won a baseball game all the way up to everything. And, yep. and at the end of the day, like, and that's all good and fun. Yeah. That's, uh, that's what a lot of it's for. For me... Um, you know, I'm, you know, I'll post on like, hey, happy birthday, yeah, yeah, that of course, kind of stuff, of or whatever. But I'm, I'm not as I, I'm thrilled they post because the one thing that clearly we share is I got to listen a little
0: bit more. Is I want to know why they're putting up the video of their kids scoring a touchdown. I want to know why they're sharing, you know, their their, their Disney their trip or um, <laughs> that's that's
1: how I basically come up with all my ideas. Totally. Well, and there's just so much rich insight into kind of the the human behavior of why and how people are sharing all these things, even back to. This uh, summer campaign we just launched with Instagram, right? SummerGram, yep. which you know about? Yep. Where we've created 250 AR filters, you know, and they're all attached to Pesci The core inside of it, I mean, Instagram is probably the epitome of this kind of like, look how great my life is yep. sort of behavior where everyone's seen that iconic photo of their feet on a lounge chair by the pool yep. with the rosé next to yep. their side, right? And it's Empathy basically. Rose. Right. Yeah. <laughs> got to get that in there that but um, and really capitalizing it saying yeah well if unapologetically how do you kind of you know, amplify it with these AR effects and stuff but it's there's just so many little nuggets like that just even just looking around mining on social media to really um, let's wrap you know, up with one from. thing I, yeah.
0: I, I like watching you, your team dynamics you know I, I do see you know the, the entrepreneurial spirit like I have this quite a bit as a leader as well which you get a lot of the Motivation, the rah rah, the, the fire, the thing. The other thing you get with characters like us is sometimes we're moving so fast. There's collateral damage. As a leader, you know, and and I think what I've watched because I love watching. Yeah. Uh, what I've watched is I think you have a similar dynamic that I do, which is, you know, obviously when you're in a lead position. Their, your team is always gonna have to be, deal with the reality of like, okay, that's our leader. Like, we're gonna have to deal yeah. with that. But but I think it's palpable on your team as it is with mine. Yeah. How do you think about having an entrepreneurial spirit in a corporate environment where inevitably a lot of the people that work for you yeah. are a little bit more structured, every T and I is crossed, yeah. you know, speed is sometimes the enemy, and they... I think you and I probably put speed on a pedestal yeah. whereas other people sometimes misinterpret it as being sloppy yeah. but I think we look we counter with like but we focus on what actually matters totally you know how, how's that dynamic yeah, it's, play
1: out it's, it's tricky because I think <laughs> like you um, I care deeply about team I do a lot of offsites team building mm-hmm. you know self discovery stuff and we go do all this crazy stuff and really want to form a bond to mm-hmm. really make sure we have a shared vision I think the first step is making sure everyone is subscribe to like what we're trying to do. Mm -hmm. Do you get why? Do you get where we're going? Are you bought in? And how do you feel like you actually can contribute and connect to this and build upon that? So that's one thing that I think is paramount. Two is it all starts with trust as a team. And so making sure also people understand each other. You know, the other thing I talk about is, um, you know, a lot of people, I want everyone to feel comfortable bringing them whole selves to work, right? And connecting as real people, not just as work people. That's right. Um, and so I think making sure we kind of break down some of those barriers and build the trust to get to this idea of high-performing team. I think once you get that going, then you have a good shot to really do whatever you need, need to do. do. I think the question is, is in a big corporate environment like PepsiCo, um, to your point, folks like me and you, we're, we're boom, boom, boom. We're moving quick. We're thinking. We're spitballing ideas, throwing stuff out. Um, sometimes, and again, it's, it's a trained muscle. You know, Sometimes you've got to break a few eggs to kind of make some omelets, right, and get it going. And so... Um, every now and then, there's some times where we're like, hey, go, 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 and it's like, oh, well, we can't do that because legal said this. Oh, we can't do that because of this, and it's like, and I'm trying to instill, hey, I don't need all those things to always boil up to me to help kind of duke it out with our some cross-functional teams or figure out what we can and can't. Three, I wanna, for, three for ten is the Hall of Fame. That's that's exactly three hundred, right? Cal Ripken so,
0: Jr., Eddie Murray, totally, totally these iconic Oriole players. <laughs> <laughs> Todd, what 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 uh, the Orioles what 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 do we want to uh, end <clears throat> with? What like like for everybody who's listening, we you have a you have a you have a slew <clears throat> of different psychographics on my yep. show. You have a ton of young aspiring, but and an awful lot of people more in our age group that yep. that I do think. Wish their DNA was a little fast A little more spontaneous Like anything anything kind of last parting shot For people that are trying to get into a happier place Or I trying to it, accomplish more
1: Yeah and I think I wouldn't even Connect it to any of this stuff on, on Pepsi Or anything like that what I, what I would say is kind of more What we were talking about earlier Is that if you It's kind of Life is what you make of it and Which I know is the most cliche Kind of thing out there But it's this idea I tell everybody at Pepsi I, I mentor a lot of younger folks And people who are just coming in And a lot of people um, see see the world as it's presented to them, not as it is, right? So they'll get a job and say, well, my job description says whatever. And I'm like, every job I've been in at Pepsi, I've kind of not not rewritten completely, but you make it your own. What is your take on it? What are you going to bring to this? Then what are you passionate about? As you connect the dots, don't always... Asked and just say You know Here's the things That you need to do Here boom 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 Like what can you do To kind of make your job Your own It's kind of it like It's hands. kind of like
0: Brand marketing right All Every brand's Big brands, you know, sentence or mission statement is so vague that how you interpret "going for it" or doing it for one time or the life beyond the life or whatever it might
1: be—totally—that's complete interpretation. Well, and it's—I mean, case in point: when I when I came into the water business, right? It was like, hey, we sell Aquafina. We got our play. We got the segmentation done by what? And I was looking at it. and I'm like, it feels like. But I'm looking outside. I'm seeing an explosion (laughs) of premium water. I'm seeing. I'm seeing. I'm like, this. Some, this doesn't feel right. <laughs> yeah, right. Like maybe we should take a step back and rethink it. And so, innovation. Kind of saying like if I'm leading water, so let's turn it on its head. Let's come up with a new thing. Let's come up with some new brand. And so it's like, don't be afraid to push or question the norms just because they're presented to you. Like see the world as it is, not how it's presented to you.
0: And deal with the ramifications. And with that, yeah. right, which is like, and if you sucked and you innovated crappy water and you got fired, what? You can always go do something. Like, honestly, like, at some level, like, one of the biggest ways I think that I've been able to help my friends and then employees, like, do things is just push them very heavily on what? What will happen? Yeah. You'll get fired? Okay. Well, that sucks and that's bad. Do you have any savings? Yeah. You know, and sometimes the person's like, yes. I'm like, you know, and I'll really go into it. They're like I'm like, wait, you have three years worth of savings, totally. and you're not trying to push the envelope. You can get fired and chill for a year and still be okay. Other people are in debt and they can't. Maybe you can't push as hard, but while you've decided to push in your organization,
1: right. you're interviewing outwardly just in case you do get fired. Like what? What? Right. What's well, this idea? And it's it almost goes back to you know when I was playing tennis growing up as a competitive tennis player. My dad used to always say because I would be a head case sometimes, play to win, don't play not to lose. And I would get into this defensive mode where... That's what tennis is. I, was, I hate I being would literally defensive be tennis. the classic. I'm up 5-1 and I would lose 7-5. Really? It would be like, I wouldn't be thinking, I'd be having fun, big, I'd be
0: kicking big, big, big shout out to Nate Schroeder uh, on my team who's, who's led me
1: 5-2 three times <laughs> and has lost 7-5 all three times. But that's, but that's, but that's the deal. It's kind of like right when you start realizing like, shit, I'm, I'm killing this guy right now. I'm, I'm going, I got this. And then I get in my head and I'm like, don't mess it up, don't mess it up. Tennis. And then I change my, str- I start lobbing, The whole team's like, pushing me, we gotta run, it, but sorry. I gotta tell
0: you, no, no, you but don't that, be that, sorry. But that's totally the They need to be sorry, because I gotta say this. <laughs> There's something crazy about tennis. Out of all, like, yeah. I, out of all the places on earth that I've navigated my life, it's the only place where I can get defensive. There's something crazy about being up 5-1 and losing that second game Starting to like visualize Sement. the comeback. Totally. Then five three comes. Now you're serving up five three. You should cruise into this. Totally. God forbid you lose that game. It's five four. It's definitely now five no. five. Mm-hmm. The second to five four. You, you you've understand lost. this? It's, it's totally. Like you react. Like you. Okay. That's yeah, the deal. There's something it's about. It's so
1: real. Not even ping pong. Not even other places. Something yeah. about that. It's, six It's the mental flip, it. and So play to win, not not to lose. Todd,
0: thanks for being on the show.
1: Hey, thanks, you Thanks for
0: everybody it. listening. Cool. We'll continue with this. See Thank ya. you.